Chapter 14 Today, Tomorrow The Holy Spirit saith, Today. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Proverbs 27 verse 1 Today is the wise man's day. Tomorrow is the fool's day. The wise man is the man who, when he sees what ought to be done, does it today. The foolish man is the man who, when he sees what ought to be done, says, I will do it tomorrow. The men who always do today the thing they see ought to be done today are the men who make a success for time and for eternity. The people who put off until tomorrow what ought to be done today are those who make a shipwreck of time and of eternity. The Holy Spirit saith, Today. In the folly of his heart, man says, Tomorrow. I will give you five reasons why every truly wise man who has not already accepted Christ as his Savior, surrendered to him as his Lord and Master, and openly confessed him as such before the world, will do it now. I have no doubt that there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, who intend to be Christians sometime, but who keep saying, Not yet, not today. I will tell you not merely why you ought to become Christians, but also why you ought to become Christians now. Find Joy Sooner First, the sooner you come to Christ, the sooner you will find the wonderful joy which is to be found in Him. Without question, in Jesus Christ is an immeasurably better joy than there is in the world. A purer joy, a higher joy, a holier joy, a more satisfying joy, a more abiding joy, a more wonderful joy in every way. This fact is indisputable. Everyone who keeps his eyes open knows that it is true. Go to any person who has ever tried the world and tried Christ and ask him which joy is better, the joy he found in the world or the joy he has found in Christ. You will get the same answer every time. The joy found in the world is not for a moment to be compared with the joy that is found in Christ. I have tried both. I have had abundant opportunity to try both. If ever a person had an opportunity to try what this world can give, I had it, and I tried it. I tried all that could be found in the world. Then I turned to Christ and tried Him, and my testimony is like the testimony of millions of others who have found that the joy of the world is nothing and the joy in Christ is everything. I don't care how fully a person may have gone into the joys of this world or how great his opportunity may have been to test them. Go to anybody who has tried both, and you cannot find in all the world a man who has found Christ and not tell you there is a joy in Christ higher, deeper, broader, wider, longer, more wonderful in every way than the joy that the world gives. Well, the sooner you come to Christ, the sooner you will have that joy. Escape Misery Sooner Second, the sooner you come to Christ, the sooner you will escape the wretchedness and misery that there is away from Christ. There is misery in an accusing conscience. No one who is without Christ has peace of conscience. 
One night I was preaching to an audience of men and women to whom a $20 gold piece would have been a great help. I put my hand in my pocket as I was preaching, and I felt the $20 gold piece. I took it out and held it up and said, Now, if there is a man in this audience who is without Christ and has peace in his heart, deep abiding satisfaction and rest, who will come up here and say so, I will give him this $20 gold piece. Nobody came up. When the meeting was over, I stood at the door with the $20 gold piece, for I thought they might be timid about coming forward for it. I said, If anybody can claim this $20 on the conditions I have named, who can say, I have peace of conscience and heart. My heart is satisfied without Christ. He can have this $20 gold piece. They filed out, and nobody claimed the gold piece. Finally, a man came along and I said, Don't you want this $20? But, he said, I cannot claim it on those conditions. Neither can you. Another night I was preaching in Chicago, and I asked everybody in the building who had found rest and perfect satisfaction through the acceptance of Christ to stand up. Hundreds of men and women, more than a thousand, rose to their feet. Then I asked them to sit down, and I said, If there is an unbeliever in this house who can say he has found rest, peace, and perfect satisfaction in his unbelief, will he stand, please? There were many unbelievers present. One man got up in the gallery, and I said, I see a gentleman up there. I am glad he has the courage of his convictions. I would like to speak with him in the discussion time after the meeting. He came to the discussion. I said, Mr. S., you stood up in the meeting tonight to say that you had perfect rest and peace without Christ and that your soul was satisfied with unbelief. Was that true? Oh, he said, Mr. Torrey, that will have to be qualified. I guess it will. There is no peace, saith Jehovah, to the wicked. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 22. Then there is the slavery of sin away from Christ. Everyone that committeth sin is the bondservant of sin. John chapter 8, verse 34. Without Christ, there is dread of what may happen, dread of disaster, dread of what man may do, and dread of what may be beyond the grave. When you come to Christ, you get rid of fear of man. You have no fear of misfortune, for you are able to say, To them that love God, all things work together for good. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You have no fear of death, for what men call death is simply to depart and be with Christ. By coming to Christ, you get rid of all this wretchedness. You get rid of the accusations of conscience. You get rid of the slavery of sin. You get rid of all dread of disaster. You get rid of the dread of death the moment you accept Christ. Why not get rid of it all? Suppose you are on the shore and saw a shipwreck in the distance, with a man clinging to it and cold waters sweeping over him every little while. It was a cold wintry night, and you and others go out in a lifeboat and say to him, We have come to rescue you. Drop into the lifeboat. Suppose the man would say, No, I think I can hold on until morning. Come out again in the morning, and I will get into the boat and come ashore. You would say, Man, are you mad? Why stay out here tonight 
when you can come ashore now. Out on the shipwreck, every little while the cold waves break over you. All the wretchedness of an accusing conscience, the bondage of sin, the fear of possible death, and the soul away from God beats upon you. Why cling to the wreck another night, when you can come ashore to safety and joy now, if you will drop right into the lifeboat? Accomplish more for Christ. Third, the sooner you come to Christ, the more you can do for Christ. The moment a person is saved, he wants to do something for the Master. If you are saved a year from today, you will go to work for Christ, but there will be one year gone that will never come back. The year between now and a year from now, if you come in a year from now. You can never go back over this year. You are associated with friends that you can lead to Christ between now and a year from now who may be beyond your reach then. Before I was converted, I had a friend and we were often together. We lived in the same building. We went pleasuring together. If I had been a Christian, I could have led him to Christ. Three years later, after I had accepted Christ, that young man passed beyond my reach. The day I went back to the university to study for my second degree, my father picked up the New York Herald and read about a young man who was out playing ball. The man out in center field threw the ball. This young man's back was toward the center field, and he was struck at the base of the brain. He never regained consciousness. As my father read this and came to the name, he said, Archie, isn't that your old friend? I took the paper and read it. I said, Yes, it is my old friend. Called into eternity without a moment's warning, and my opportunity of bringing him to Christ was gone forever. How often in the years that have come since, and God has used me to lead others to Christ, I have thought back to Frank. In spite of all those who are now coming to Christ, Frank is gone, and my opportunity of saving him lost forever. If you postpone receiving Christ for thirty days, people that you might have reached during those thirty days will have passed beyond your reach forever. In my first pastorate, a woman who was a little over fifty and had been a backslider was saved. She became the best worker in all the community, but her own two sons had grown up during the years when she was far from God. They had both married and passed beyond her reach. Though she had been used to bring many to Christ, she has never been able to bring these two sons to Christ. Her day of opportunity for them was while she was living in the world. Fathers and mothers, if you are far from God and not saved, you may be saved some other day, but these sons and daughters that you might bring with you, if you come now, will likely have passed beyond your reach forever. The sooner you come to Christ, the more you can bring with you. So come today. Attain a richer eternity. Fourth, the sooner you come to Christ, the richer will be your eternity. We are saved by grace. We are rewarded according to our works. Every day of a man's life after he is saved, he is laying up treasures in heaven, and every day you live for Christ, you will be that much richer for all eternity. Some people have the idea that a man can be saved on his deathbed 
and have as abundant an entrance into the kingdom of God as he could have if he had been saved for forty years. What nonsense! You have neither common sense nor biblical support for that. A man may be saved on his deathbed. I won't say that no man ever is. I believe some are, though not very many. A man may be saved on his deathbed, but he is saved so as through fire. 1 Corinthians 3.15 His works are all burned up, and he enters heaven penniless. The man that is saved forty years before he dies and serves Christ for forty years, every day of those forty years he is making deposits in eternity, for which he will be richer throughout all eternity. Scripture Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. The sooner you come to Christ, how much fuller your hands will be when you enter the kingdom of God. I thank God I was converted when I was, but what would I give for those six wasted years through which I deliberately resisted the Spirit of God? But I can't call them back. Avoid losing the opportunity. Fifth, the sooner you come to Christ, the surer you are to come to Christ. If you are not saved now, you may be tomorrow, but then again, you may not be. I believe there are scores of people who will be saved now or never. When a person stands on a platform, looks over a vast audience, and feels in his very soul that the eternal salvation of hundreds of souls is trembling in the balances as the result of his sermon, he experiences an awful feeling. That is the feeling I have when I preach. I believe there are hundreds of people that hear every word I am saying who will be saved now or never. The Spirit of God may leave you. People think they can turn to Christ when they choose, but when the Spirit of God is in the room, passing from seat to seat and heart to heart, it is an awful moment. To say yes means life, to say no means death. To say yes means heaven, to say no means hell. Often a man will be so near the kingdom and he will say, I am so interested I will certainly be just as much interested tomorrow. But the critical hour has come, and if you do not yield now, you may have no interest tomorrow. I once received a message from a wealthy young fellow in New Haven, Connecticut, saying that he wished to see me that night at Mr. Moody's meeting. I went and met him at the close of the meeting. He was on the verge of a decision. As we stood talking in Chapel Street Church, the college bell rang out at a late hour. I thought he was so near a decision that I could leave him safely until morning, so I said, Good night, Will. I'll be around to your room tomorrow morning at ten. That was one of the most fatal mistakes I ever made. I was there at ten, and he was there, but his convictions had vanished. He was as hard as flint. His opportunity had come and gone. You may be very near a decision, but if you say no now, tomorrow may be forever too late. Who of us can tell who will be called out of the world into eternity in a moment? At our first men's meeting in the Empire Theater in Edinburgh, a Roman Catholic young man accepted Christ. Little did he or we realize that was his last chance. The next day he was hurried to the infirmary for an operation, and the operation proved fatal. By accepting Christ at that meeting, 
he was just in time. If he had waited a day, he would have been lost forever. You have a chance today. Don't throw it away. The sooner you take Christ, the surer you will be to take Him. Receive Him now. You can have the joy of salvation now. Why wait a week? You can be saved from a life of wretchedness away from Christ. Why endure it another week? The sooner you come to Christ, the more you can do for Christ. Why not come to Him today? The sooner you come to Christ, the richer you will be throughout all eternity. Why not come to Him now and begin to lay up treasures in the bank of heaven? The sooner you come to Christ, the surer it is that you will come. Come now. The Holy Spirit saith today, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Proverbs 27, verse 1.